Thank you for listening to the Maker in the Mix podcast, where we discuss design, innovation, and all things concrete. Morning, everybody. Uh, it's Good Friday. Morning. Uh, not not Wednesday. Normally, we record on Wednesdays, so um, you'll probably see this posted <clears throat> maybe later today if I get time. Um, maybe over the weekend, but uh, we I had a I had an install. Um, out of town on Wednesday, uh, we're doing a big, uh, big fireplace uh, hearth um, and a powder roof vanity and templating for an outdoor kitchen with a cabana uh, over a pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it kind of is what's driving our topic this morning because um, on site, uh, I walked in. I'm just going to go ahead and tell the story, right? Well, hold uh, on. Let me, let me get a word in edgewise once in a while, too. Um, good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to Maker in the Mix. Um, we're on episode whatever, 30-something. 31. 31. Um, and post-happy Halloween. I see you've, you've got your little tiny bucket of Halloween candy there. Oh, listen, this is a... a, a... <laughs> Uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five bags plus those buckets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that are gonna magically disappear at some point. Uh huh. Uh huh. I um, have some extra. Um, there were a lot of kids actually, a lot that came through, which was re- yeah. really pleasantly surprising. Um, yeah, we I'm went to uh, donate whatever I left to uh, the local fire department because they they give out candy at a parade, so. Yeah, we went uh, we went downtown Canton. There were several thousand people downtown. All the businesses participate. My my oh, shop's cool. too far. Um, it's like it's in downtown, but it's the very beginning of downtown, and kind of like all of the stuff happens kind of in the center. So um, nobody was trick or treating down my way. So we the family does a whole theme mm-hmm. every year. So we participated, but um, but yeah, I uh, oh and and I'm I'm curious to see what happens in this recording. But to me. Jeff's voice sounds about an octave low, and so <laughs> I think it's his ears because I sound normal. I don't know, man. I think maybe you made a deal with the devil last <laughs> night. I was done. <laughs> Here's a Halloween. Yeah, so this was truly a Halloween episode. It's episode thirty-one. It's the end of Halloween. Yeah, that's great. There you go. Um, it, it fits, even yeah. though it's November third. Shh. Shh! Don't say anything. Um. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, class coming up. We've got a uh, um, next next week. Next week, next Thursday, November ninth yep. and tenth. Um, so, you know, if you want to snag one of the last couple spots, uh, do that now. Um, yeah. Don't wait till the last minute. Yeah. Yeah, I've been um, teaching for so long. Um, it's going on going on twenty years now, and it always amazes me. And there's lots of good reasons for this, but so many over the years, there have been a number of people that like literally sign up at the last minute. I think one year we had somebody sign up the night before and, you know, it happens, right? Whatever you're busy and you find time in your schedule and it's like, wow, I just, I couldn't operate that way. Like I need to have everything sorted out. You know, I get to the airport Two hours ahead of time, even if I don't need to, even if I'm just taking my carry on walking on the plane. It's like, I do not like to let, wait till the last minute for anything. I remember when uh, Laura and my wife and I were dating, we were long distance and um, I would fly into either Asheville or Greenville, mostly Greenville because Allegiant didn't have any good flights from Orlando to Asheville at the time that were with any regularity. 
Um, and so I flew into Greenville, which a little bit further. I mean, it, it from the house, it takes us about an hour and 15 to get to the Greenville airport. It takes 45 or a little less to get to the Asheville airport. So, you know, definitely a difference there, but, um, but they're both tiny airports. Uh, Greenville's a tiny bit bigger now, but, um, we would, I mean, we would, we would wait. And I, one time I got to the airport after visiting and I, I mean, I think it was like 25 minutes before my flight left. Yeah. I made it, but just barely. Uh, yeah. But no, usually I like to be uh, early as well. That's a uh, nail biter. I yeah, hate. it was very stressful. Um, but, um, but yeah, so back to my, uh, back to my story. Um, a few months ago I templated and I've, I've got pictures of the template time, uh, but it was a, you know, kind of a block structure and, and going back, they had built the block structure before they asked me to do, do this. And so if this I had it to, earth? Yeah. And if I had it to do over again, let's see if I can pull it up. If I had it to do over again, I'd tell them not to build a structure at all because I am not even touching it. Um, so yeah, here we go. So I, I template and, um, where is it? Where is it going to tell me this is? So the the point of our discussion this morning is uh, communication as a broad yeah. label for everything, and uh, we we both have you know horror stories. But the the point of this is to illustrate how important communication is and recognizing yeah. responsibility. Um, yeah. So. Here's what I here's what I did. Uh, I, I I like to record things for Jay, my um, shop manager. I don't know that I gave him a title, but he he's my guy, right? Um, <clears throat> but I, I like to record rad. videos videos for him uh, when I'm on site and he's not or whatever, right? So this is what I recorded the day I templated. Uh, just so you know what we're doing. I pulled uh, edges one inch off of the cinder block. We're going to make this two inches thick so that when it sits, we're going to sit like a ledger or something um, down here, maybe metal, I'm not sure, um, so that this sits one inch above those fire bricks. So make this two inches thick there, and we'll just hold this dead thickness there. It juts out from the wall right there, and that dies down to the floor, so I've got it held one inch off everywhere. So this goes down to the floor. And it'll be up there, so your overall thickness is 17 and 3 quarters. So it's a pretty tight fit. It wraps around and is trapped. Yeah, it's totally trapped on four sides. So, so that's, what I, that's what I had when I went to the site, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I uh, got there yesterday, or day before yesterday, whenever it was, Wednesday, um, It was painted. And I asked the guy, the, the, the GC, I was like, um, just so we're clear, uh, that's just paint. And I wasn't looking at the pictures, which is on me, right? But um, I was like, that's, did you add drywall to that? Or is that just paint? Oh, no, 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 no. We just painted it. Okay. And uh, so we, you know, put our, as you can see, we put metal ledgers up, um, <clears throat> tap gone them to the, to the, um, block there and then they 
uh, had blocking behind the wall, so just screwed everything in. No big deal. Everything fit great. We we're excited about it. And um, and I, I've got a picture of it installed. So we did actually get it installed. It was it was very dark by the time we did that, but um, so there it is in place. As you can see, completely wrecked the drywall there because they did add drywall. And uh, you know, it's it's one of those communication things. So I communicated to the homeowner or not homeowner, the GC. Um, you know, hey, now that I've templated, this is this is done now until I'm here. You can't you know add anything else. Oh yeah, I understand no problem. Um, and uh, and then when I got there, you know, he what I'm assuming happened is that. Um, you know, the drywallers were there, they added drywall, he wasn't thinking about it. Maybe once it got painted, he was like, oh, he must have templated after the drywall was there, right? Because it probably happened very shortly after. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a couple of I'm months. I'm sure when you're building a house, there's 18,000 8 things on your thing. mind. I mean, you like can't keep got, track of what nail yeah. went, went into what board. Right. I mean, <laughs> they've got a ton of stuff going on. It's a big house. Um, mm-hmm. Former NFL player, cool guy. But anyway... Um, and so it was a complete bear getting this thing in. We had very tight tolerances as it was, which I probably won't do again. Because uh, as you could see on that picture, you know, it, it didn't really, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter if I went an inch or two inches past the block. It would have looked more or less the same. So, you know, had I to do it over again, I'd have given myself, you know, two inches on, or, or at least on the in, an inch on the inside of my concrete everywhere. So it would have been an inch and three quarters bigger. Um, and then I would have gone back and looked at my picture and seen, Hey, that's actually dirt rock. You had a drywall. We got to cut the drywall out or else this thing's not going to fit. That would have been a much better scenario. I made that mistake of, of just blindly trusting that he remembered everything. And, and, and I want to be really clear. This is a fantastic builder. I have been more impressed with this builder than I have with basically any builder I've worked with before. They, when I got on site template, he had laminated instructions for me. This is the hole size for your faucet. This is where the faucet goes. This is the faucet model. Here's your overhang. We want it one-eighth past the reeds on the cabinetry. Here's the cabinet builder if you need his name. Like, I mean, it was like detail central. Uh, same thing when I got there uh, to install. We had to, to template the outdoor kitchen because it wasn't ready yet. Mm-hmm. And same thing. He had instructions written on the top of the of the metal cabinetry. This is your overhang. Um, you know, we've left you two and a half inches of, of, uh, inset, um, cause you're doing a two inch top and left you two and a half inches of the, in the, um, in the stonework so you can slide in, you know, I mean, here's your grill center. Here's the grill model. Here's the specs like nine yards, right? So this is a very meticulous builder. It could happen to anybody. I am not blaming the builder. Things happen. Um, but in well, the, the end, the, the good thing about what, turned out for you is the way you approach things. Okay. So you discovered while you're installing that a, a change happened in the job site. And there's a bunch of different ways you could have approached that. And you just went ahead and okay, made it, made it work. You, 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 the piece fit, it didn't fit as well as you'd like, but it fit Uh, drywall can be fixed. Drywall yeah. is one of those things. It's not a, it's not finished until it, the paint dries. Right. So, okay. Who cares? It got scratched little drywall mud. It's no big deal. Um, 
and then you talk to the, the the builder about it and he was cool with everything and the the great thing about it is the way you handled things the way he was understanding and accommodating you know no harm no foul everything's it's a positive outcome all the way around yeah and all everything fit it's all fine you know we did have to knock some block out to make sure that it fit properly and i did have to gouge some drywall but at in the at the end of the day i had yeah. enough tolerance that despite that it, it did actually fit right. into the into place so um you know it worked out it was fine and then it was funny because the next day i was like i'm just so confused because i am not that bad at templating right um and so i went through my pictures and i looked at it, and i was like oh yeah they added drywall so that explains everything and i texted the builder and i was like hey just i figured it out and he was like shit I'm sorry. And I was like, look, no, 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 no big deal. It's fine. I just want, I felt like a moron. And so I wanted you to know that I figured it out. Um, and and those, uh, those kind of things happen to everybody. Um, and it's like, if you come to, if you've been to class or you, the, the folks who are coming to class, you're going to, you're going to see and hear that being said in our, in our contract, part of the contract, there's a clause that says once the job site's templated, it will not change period um and that's really important because you know anybody who's done this realizes that we are kind of at the mercy we're at the tail end of a very long chain of things that have to happen and well and the other thing that we are right. is the pivot point yeah i don't know if you that, that's something that i've noticed over the years like we are the pivot point between rough in and finishes and mm -hmm. so it's a super critical stage where everybody's high stress and frankly you, we usually get blamed for all of the things that have happened yeah. up to the point where we are right i mean and i know that you're not blamed for it we discover them so when we come in a template we have to template fairly early we shouldn't but that's just how they want us to have things to you know the tap as soon as the cabinets go in you know we're talking countertops here right but if we're going to do something like uh wall panels you know surrounding a fireplace or something like that it's it's kind of similar um you know, we're past framing, drywalls in, uh, usually plumbing and electrical have been roughed in, certainly the, but aren't the live yet. wires are in the walls because there's drywall up, but the, the actual, you know, the outlets haven't been put in, there's still wires sticking out, um, faucets and things like that haven't been hooked up. So like you said, we're kind of at the pivot point. We're in between rough, rough work and finish work. And but we're the beginning of finish work. We are finished surfaces, mm -hmm. just like hardwood floors are finished surfaces. Um, but we're not thought of that way and we're not treated that way, but we're held to that level when mm -hmm. something doesn't go right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a hard place to, you know, to be in. But it's the type where we walk, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Um, but but the, uh, the, the, it highlights the importance of being detail oriented thinking and planning ahead mm -hmm. and then making sure all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. Yeah. Everything is exactly the way it needs to be. And the, really the burden and you, your example kind of highlights this, the burden of all that really falls on our shoulders or we, it, it I personally think it's best for us to bear that burden because then we can, we know everything, right? We mm -hmm. know so in the, in the in the case of you did your template, you'd had your video. Um, I always made it a point that the very first thing on install that gets 
loaded on the truck are the templates and any photos of the job site, because mm -hmm. I want to verify that the job site has not changed before I ever unload a piece of concrete. Mm -hmm. So put those templates on, check the check to make sure, because I've had situations where I can go into this later on um, where things have massively changed and they were vehemently denied. Yet there was, and, and I mean, I will ever, admit, yeah. I I looked at the template, and I was like, ah, I trust this builder. I don't need to take it. Mm -hmm. Trust but verify. Trust yeah. but verify. Because well, it kind of like what we said last week, right? Trust but verify your materials. Yeah. Same thing. You know, it's it's this 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 detail orientation that a lot of you know seat of the pants or fly by night or whatever. Um, you know, if you're in this, and I mean a lot. Okay. I'm not, I'm not insulting anybody because I'm kind of this way too, but, um, a lot of us artisans are very, you know, we just want to get it done. We want to have it, you know, it's like, I want to, I want to get this done and move on. I don't want to think about all the ancillary details. I have to on some capacity. So there are like moments where I think about them all when I'm building the form or whatever. Um, but you know, often we capitulate because we were people pleasers. Um, we don't hold clients to the same standards that they hold us. Uh, and, and we don't often, like in, in this case, you know, for me, I didn't take the template. So I wasn't verifying that what they said was true, even though I do trust them. And I will happily do a job with them again. I'm very excited to continue working with them. It's a great builder. Um, but you, it's like on everything, whether it's a friend, you know, or a new client or whatever, like you need to, I'm learning this. I mean, I'm a decade in and, and I'm still learning this because there are still times where I'm like, Oh, why did I do that? Why did I, you know, why did I hold myself to this tolerance when I didn't need to, or why didn't I not, why didn't I take the templates? Right. Um, and so it's this, you know, not only we're, we're going to talk a lot about communication and I've got another story here in a second, Jeff, but, um, well, we but can trade. Also, we can switch switch back yeah. and forth between stories, but keep going. Well, I mean, it's just this. This um, we want to be able to just kind of operate however we want to operate in the moment. And the reality is that we need systems. We're a, we're an overly artistic version of countertops, right? Um, and so. You know, it's not like a stone where they're cutting a file out on a CNC, like we're making this stuff by hand. And so we feel very deeply about it and we feel a lot more entitled to um, take it more as an art form than a science. And I think things can slip through the cracks if you don't have systems to control that artistry. Um, and, really and this is something point. that I have struggled with for 10 years because I am very much a big picture person, high elevation, you know. Um, and so that's why I have Kate, who's my, uh, what do I call her these days? I call her my left brain, my girl Friday, if you will. Um, because she, her job is to think of these details and make sure, hey, did you send this client a contract? Because if you didn't, we're not doing this, you know, like keep me in line. You're kind of, you know, I, I, I kind of hire my boss if we're being totally honest. Um, and, and to, for me, that's super important to be held to the standards that I set mm -hmm. for other people, because it's like, if, if you're not operating on a set of systems, there are going to be things that slip through the cracks that are going to be seen as your fault, but are very understandable. You know, that's, um, that's a really good point. Um, kind of getting back to the, the artisan 
perspective of things. You know, so many of us are drawn to this field, endeavor, task, job, industry, passion, because of the the sense of needing to create. And when you pour a lot of your passion and emotion into a project, you are heavily, heavily invested in it, right? And I think the 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 challenge, I'll use the word challenge, that a lot of people encounter when their reality clashes with other people's reality is that we're kind of like in this little bubble, right? We're doing our thing, we're pouring our passion, we're making our stuff, and then we're kind of expecting to some level that everybody kind of accommodates us like we're special. Well, guess what? We, you know, I mean, I'm going to be like the the hard bad cop here. We're not special. We're just a contractor, right? To, to the them, rest yeah, of the world, to everybody outside of our little bubble, we are just a contractor that makes something to spec. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a hard pill for a lot of folks to swallow. That 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 kind of takes the 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 burnished and the shine off things. Um, and I think this is where, you know, how you handle issues and, and challenges and problems can really make or break things either in the moment or in the long term for you or your relationships. Um, and, to, well, and, and to kind of like take, take on this example that you, you gave, you bravely gave is you know, it really comes down to assumptions. You you said, well, he's a great builder. I trust him. And you took on the burden of assuming that everything's going to be okay, even though you had all the tools to verify. Yeah, absolutely. That something was, so let's kind of explore that. So I'm not saying this is the right way, but this is perhaps a, a, a an easier way to do it. You would have taken your templates, brought them in, pulled up the pictures, and just do a visual confirmation. Yeah, right? and it would have taken three minutes and it would have saved us three and a half hours. And you would have discovered, hey, you know, the first clue was these are painted. They look different. Light bulb goes off. Something's different. Yeah. You know, and, that, and it's so funny and, because that light bulb like did go off. Ago, and I'm so like, it's not like you remembered exactly. So oh, I did. Well, I didn't remember that it was Durock. I, I did not remember whether it was Durock or drywall. It was just painted. Was so I'm like, okay, yesterday. was this painted? Yeah. You know? is painted and you know paint doesn't really change anything so right that's so much like, was assumption. anything else done no 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 it's no, a fair no. assumption um and depending on your brain that could either be like oh it's different and then psh, doesn't doesn't have a cascading effect in other people's brain that would have been hey that's a a light bulb goes off that's a red flag i something's yeah, different I mean, for here. you that's how your brain works you'd have been like yeah. ah uh, hang yeah, on no time it's slightly time. different we're going to pull the picture up i need to see this right and, and for me i'm like was it different no you confirm that no okay cool yeah. we're fine whatever it's an obligation of an educator to go hey these are the kinds of things that could happen and my job is you know ultimately my students are my employers they pay me to educate them I can't make them think, but I can tell them what's important to think about. And this is where 20 years of experience doing this brings to bear, hey, there, there, there might be one time a year that this could happen, but it's that one time a year that will, you will 
pull your hair out over because you forgot to check, right? Mm -hmm. Or some detail happened where you made an assumption and it ultimately either cost you a couple extra hours of work and some, you know, scratch drywall, or it could have been a broken piece. It could have been a complete redo. It could have been, you know, you lost, you know, they didn't pay you because you, things didn't work or something. It, it, it could go in many different directions. And so my, my job as an educator is in, in the documentation I provide in the, in the, the lessons that I teach is you got to think about this. Hmm. You got to think about every detail and, and treat every single job as if everything's messed up and you got to verify it because 99% of the time it's going to be okay. But it's that 1% of the time that you're going to wish you did. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of at the heart of this is, you know, we're not griping or anything like that. We're not blaming anything. It's not about blame. It's, it's about getting into that mental headspace of getting your ducks in a row. We were, we were talking about traveling. Uh, about, you know, getting to the airport early and things like that. It's like when you're packing to go on vacation, oh, geez, I forgot to pack my toothbrush or something stupid like that. Or I thought they'd have shampoo where I was going and they don't. And it's one of those things like, do you, do you operate that way all the time? Is that, is that something that happens consistently for you or you, you make an assumption and you then discover that, oh, you have to scramble to make it work? Or if, if, that happens. It's like no big deal. You just roll with the punches and go with it. Or are you somebody who like paranoid about, you have to think about everything. So you bring like three tubes of toothpaste that you don't want to run out. Right. And you're only going for a weekend kind of thing. Um, and that kind of highlights, you know, the way your brain thinks. And if on reflection, you realize that, Hey, you know, there's the, these, these issues that Maybe things slip through the cracks occasionally. I forget my sunglasses when it's a bright sunny day. And I discovered that when I get in the car and I've already, you know, left the house. I don't have sunglasses. I'm squinting. That's where you need your Kate. That's where you need somebody to have these systems where you have checklists. Okay. Do I have this? Do I have that? Um, it's part of the procedures and it's, it takes all the, the artistic, creative fun out of things because now you are just mechanically stepping through. Okay, I got this checklist to, did I pack my toothbrush? Do I have enough toothpaste? That kind of thing. And, but the reality is as soon as you're interfacing with other trades, physical job sites that may or may not be changing, um, you, you have to do that. You have to do that every single time. It's a pain in the butt. It's hard, but you kind of teach yourself to do that. Um, and so kind of the, 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 that, that's the moral of this story in a nutshell. And I'm going to, I'm going right. to stop, you know, preaching about well, that. But, but it goes back to, you know, again, furthering the, the topic here, communication, you know, this, it, it, it applies within your own business mm -hmm. because if I hadn't recorded that video, then that doesn't give Jay enough to go on to build the form. Right. Absolutely. Um, but then it goes to your clients too. In, in this example, I've got another example that happened to be um, yesterday. We had a funky day yesterday. It's kind of, um, I got an email from a client. We're doing a bunch of pavers, um, entryway pavers and stuff. And um, got the contract for this job in June late June, but June nonetheless. 
And she had asked at that time for October to be her, her delivery. It's no problem. Um, and in August, Kate went to the job site, took some samples, color samples, talked over the job. And at that, and, and, and mind you, at that time, the scope was a lot bigger, actually. So the client, in the course of, of from August to October, the client changed the scope of work, the number of pavers, the locations, everything. I'm not exaggerating, probably 12 times. Um, and so, you know, it's just all over the place. And on, um, September the 11th, I I remember this because we dealt with it all yesterday. So on September the 11th, Kate emailed the client and said, Hey, listen, um, I know you want to be in, in October and your papers are at the front of our queue right now. This is when they need to be fabricated. And if they are not fabricated next week, they will not be in in October. It's just not going to happen. We've got a ton of going on. And literally, we needed a color selection. She hadn't given us one yet. Um, and uh, crickets. You know, she literally, Kate was like, it's not happening if you don't get us a color selection immediately. I ended up giving her more samples on September the 18th. She did not make a selection at least not in writing. She may have said, I don't know if she said it or not. I don't, I think she kind of was like between a few colors, right? But we didn't get a, an official selection. October the 9th, she emails me. Hey, um, when do I need to have that color selected? It's like a month ago. I told her I was like ASAP, right? Um, at that point, it had been pushed because I'm like, look, I'll fit it on when I can fit it on. But, you know, uh, and at that point it was still semi-realistic. I, I, yeah. there was some, you know, I could, I could have pumped them out right then. Um, because I just happened to have a little bit of space on the table. I was doing these bathtubs, which were not table forms. So my table was empty despite I was, you know, busy or whatever. Um, and then yesterday she emails me or, well, she emailed Kate. Kate, I thought you were going to get me an install date, uh, which she had selected a color, but a week later on October like 15th, okay? Uh, I thought you were going to get me an install date. We were supposed to install in October, and that's now gone. You know, she was all antsy and frustrated and, and not happy with us. And so Kate sent her an email. It was like, well, listen, um, you know, here's the chain of events, and here's why that timeline got messed up. She called Kate and just ripped her a new one, you know, real mean, not, you know, not kind, not understanding mm-hmm. at all. That's and Kate, Kate's, and, yeah. And Kate's a people pleaser. So she was all upset. She was like, I, can I just email her? I, 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 and I was like, no, mm-hmm. I will take care of it. And so I emailed her and I said, look, Kate outlined the time of events. My responsibility is not to keep you at the top of the queue when you haven't communicated after we've given you clear expectations. I'll put them on as soon as I can. They're not going to be ready when you want them. And, you know, it was like, here's a screenshot of the text you sent me on October the 9th after you should have. We didn't hear from you for a month. Like, boom, 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 boom. Sorry. And uh, and then she emailed back yesterday and was like, I'm so sorry. There's a lot juggling. I'm uh, a lot, lot of balls in the air. I'm really sorry. Uh, can you just let me know when they'll be? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sorry. You know? 
but that, it's that, but that your, your lack of, of planning is not my emergency. Yeah, that whole chain of events of changing the scope so many times, major red flags, major major oh, yeah. red flags. Well, it's it's yeah, it's leading me to clients like this, and she's a nice lady, but Doesn't clients matter. like this are leading me to uh, to make a couple of business decisions uh, coming in the new year. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll let you know when that goes. You live. know, that's but, why it's so important to have a contract. Um, oh yeah, and that was the the beautiful thing is you know we do have a really good contract, and my contract states all of those things, and I'm fairly vague about dates because you know so much can change between template and and fabrication, especially if yeah. like we are, you're months out. Um, you know, I I took measurements for this in like August, um, and so you know, and we're not fabricating till October. Well, now November and. You know, so like a lot can change when you when you operate that way and you've got, you know, 15 jobs booked out or whatever. Um, and so you've got to, you know, ensure that you're making those communications. And um, and, you know, my contract very clearly states, look, you've got a 10 percent deposit that gets you in the queue. Provided you don't change anything that keeps your spot. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a 40 percent that gets you up to a total of 50 when we're ready to, you know, when we template or take field measurements in this case. Um, those things are non-refundable. And, you know, assuming nothing else changes, that's when it gets fabricated. Well, unfortunately for this client, everything and the kitchen sink changed. And so she got bumped because she didn't uphold the part of the, the, part of the deal that states this is when you're in the queue. Yeah. So... It- it's yeah, that's you know, communication up front. It's like, look, you sent a contract, this is it. And some people just don't yeah, they don't it. understand like, yeah. they don't stand understand the implications. Like right. you can you can tell them to your blue in the face, hey, this is you know, I'm I'm kind of a hardball on that. Like mm-hmm. this is what we we agreed on. Like you change the job, it's a new contract. Yeah. Change it against a new contract. Um, sure, you can have change orders and things like that, but it's it really comes down to that <clears throat> being an artisan. <laughs> I'm not saying this is the, the situation that you're in, but flip it around from their perspective is they're like all over the place, probably not being able to make a decision on anything like lighting right. or paint colors or whatever. And they're probably driving every one of their contractors crazy. Well, it's funny. I was on site and she, she changed <clears throat> the pavers three times during the one hour meeting. Yeah. And, uh, she walked away for a minute. I, was, I looked at the builder. And I was like, how's the job been? And he goes like this, like this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, charge double. Mm-hmm. You have a client like that? Charge double because they're going to cost you money otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going back and forth, in May and even so, you templated in August. It's now November. What's that? Three months, almost two months. Good solid two three. Mind months. you, I've had the contract since June. Since June, wow. Um, of course, when you start and you actually do the contract early in June, you don't really know this, right? Um, but if you have an inkling. Maybe put in a second template verification in the contract and in the payment so that that's budgeted mm-hmm. for validation prior to forming, mm-hmm. just to make sure 
you know, they didn't all of a sudden put a gazebo where the pavers are going to go. And you, you know, you're now having to go uphill and around corners when in originally right. it was, you know, a flat rectangle. Well, and again, like this that. is, this is, I, I think this is the CYA podcast. Yep. Um, because a lot of us, and, and I spent, God, years, five or six years. I probably spent five years of just kind of operating like handshake deals. Mm -hmm. And thankfully it did not bite me too hard. Yeah. Um, you know, it can bite you hard enough that it puts you out of business. And that's the scary thing. Um, you know, I, because people will try to push you around and I'm a people pleaser. I had one time um, where they asked me to rush a job and I gave them the rush charge, which was, it was a big, it was a big commercial project. I had had the contract since February of the prior year. Jeez. Okay. So I got the contract in February, 2021. That's hard to spend that money. Oh, I only charged 10%, but I got a 50% when they told me to template which was in June of 2021. So I got 50% at that time. I went down. It was in Florida. I drove mm -hmm. down to Florida. I got to the job site. This is an apartment complex. I'm supposed to be doing a roof bar and some other, uh, some other like uh, amenities kitchen. Um, the staircases weren't built. The stairwells were not on the buildings. Kind of hard to get to the roof if you I don't have stairs. Somebody explained to me how you expect me to template cabinetry when you don't have stairs. So, mind you, I mean, let alone cabinets. And so I, I was like, y'all, you're going to pay for this trip. I mean, it's a pretty expensive That's why trip I, charge. I templating checklists. Yeah. So I back, made them pay for the when people actually faxed faxed things. Um, we'd physically fax something to somebody and say. Hey, job site's ready for us. This is what we mean. Verify mm -hmm. it, sign it, and fax it back. You know, nowadays that you could email do it, you sign or something like yeah. that. But, but yeah. you know, uh, and 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 then so I get to. So that was in June that they didn't have staircases, uh, and then in when was this? I think it was December. I started fabrication. And I did part of it, and then another part of it wasn't ready yet. They kept adding to it, like they added scope twice. And then in uh, in Dece on December like fifteenth, they were like, "Caleb, we got to get this done by Christmas." It's like two hundred square feet of countertops. I'm like, "You want me to get this done in two weeks? We got family coming in town in one week. Whatever, I can get it done." but it's going to require a lot of overtime and you know, it's a big job. I was like, your, your, your rush charge is $11,500. Oh my gosh. Why is it so expensive? How, can you, how do you justify this? Give me a, a line item, blah, 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 blah. No, you're here's your line items. It is $11,500 to rush it. It is $0 extra not to rush it. Those are your options. It's not an emergency on my part that you failed a bunch of, you know, times to, to mm -hmm. get the job done. And so, but that kind of thing will make people respect you. Yeah. Nobody wants you know? to be held accountable, but, and that's actually a good litmus test for who you want to work with. And I think this is getting to what you were, what you alluded to in terms of business decision changes coming up in the next year is yeah. you do not want to be working for anybody 
whether it's a homeowner, a builder, a designer, an architect, who, whomever, it doesn't matter. If they don't have their crap together, if they don't treat you like a professional and they don't know how to behave like a professional, run away. Mm-hmm. Their dollar is going to cost you $2. Absolutely. And, it, and every any of you who have been in business for more than a, a, a year or so are going to have experienced this, yeah. I'm sure. You know, I mean, we've all had those clients. They are the worst. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they, they are the ones, they're the ones who ask for a discount and then nitpick every little thing that's not actually a problem. They are going to cost you two or three dollars for every dollar that you get from them. It is not worth it. So, so it's my turn to, to share a story. And I've got, Go I got a couple put this one. This one was an interesting one because it had several layers of misperception and things like that. And, and absolutely none of it was has anything to do with any anything that I did or didn't do. So this was a retired couple who were they were having a new they're moving into a a condo townhome they were having built. But this is one of those really high it had an elevator in it, their own private elevator. So that's the kind of place it had. Mm-hmm. And um the 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 per, the one of the owners that I was working with the the the, the wife she was she used to own several restaurants and so so she was like a head chef in one of them and and all that so she ran a restaurant and then retired and uh she had a particular reputation with her her staff uh very new very opinionated about what she knew she wanted and didn't let anybody hold she didn't hold anything back to anybody so our job was their their kitchen countertops, and they were um, 100% recycled glass with a crushed mirror in it, and the the concrete itself was jet black. And she wanted some. Um, her, her cabinets were, they were maple cabinets, shaker style maple cabinets with like this buttercream glaze. So it was like this really soft yellow where you could still see the wood through it very pretty. I thought it was very pretty. So she wanted um, some of that color in the countertops. And there, I found a, a natural stone through a terrazzo supplier. Forget what it what it's called. This was, this was probably close to 20 years ago. Um, it was this natural yellow stone. So I used to think a number one stone, which is pretty small, and just sprinkled a little bit of that in there. So it was just like hints of this yellow that tied it into the cabinets. And that's what she wanted. Lots of samples. She wanted this jet, jet black mirror, recycled glass, exposed, very, very interesting, chunky glass, right? With this little bit. And then we also had, um, I called them industrial fossils. They were um, metal turnings from a lathe. When you drill, drill holes in metal on a lathe, you get these long spirals that come off of it. And so I, I had a bunch of this stuff lying around and I had done this in prior jobs and she's, I want some of those in there. So those were in the, in the, in the countertops too. Uh, absolute beastly things to work with. Very sharp, very eat your diamond pads alive, all that, but that's neither here nor there. So the countertops were great. All that template behind her sink were she wanted concrete tiles because the, the the upper cabinets kind of stopped on on either side. You can't see my hands, right? Uh, yes, on either can. side, yeah, yeah. Of the sink. you'll be able to in the recording. Don't worry. And then 
you know, mm. it boxed in. So we, we made tiles that fit into the space above behind the behind the sink. So they're basically full height tiles. But she didn't want one panel. She wanted multiple squares set on a 45. So they're like diamond pattern. And we had laid them out so that it was on a diagonal, a whole tile high and a whole tile wide. So there are no partial tiles tip to tip. So we scaled everything so it fit perfectly. And then, of course, in the corners, there's going to be partial tiles, but the main sure, field sure. Were, were whole. So it was like, you know, on really high-end cars, they'll quilted, sort of a quilted pattern of sewing in, in the seats. It's like that, right? Mm -hmm. So that was the same concrete and, you know, very busy. But part one of her hobbies was to collect old literal silverware, you know, silver-plated silverware. And she would make wind chimes out of them and do stuff like that. So when she retired, one of her employees gave her um, some of these, you know, found mismatched silverware things um, as sort of a party. It was a, sort of a joke, sort of a um, parting gift. Parting gift. And the fork, you know, so the the spoons were all flattened. Because she used to do that, right? To make stuff, make wind chimes or whatever. She'd flat hammer the spoons flat, and the knife was the knife, right? But the fork, not only were the tines flattened, but you know, forks have four tines. Well, three of the four tines were curled down, leaving one particular one straight. Ah. And because that was one of her favorite gestures to to communicate with in the restaurant. Very, very professional. Um, it was this finger, right? Yeah. Thumbs up? That, yeah. Right. That one? Thumbs up. Yep. Thumbs up. Oh, and <laughs> as we're talking, she had these in front of her and she laid them out in a pattern. And she says, I want the fork dead center, right there in the middle, right there in the middle. So I can see it all the time. Okay. There you go. Took a picture of it. Now this is, you know, in early 2000. So these things didn't exist. Um, I mean, phones had cameras, but they were crap. So it was, you had a separate real digital camera. That doesn't matter. Right. So take a photo, take photos of everything. That's part of this moral of the story is that. So this is just a tiny part of the story. We go away make the stuff and we come in to install. So back my truck up on the street cause park on the street and then there's a sidewalk and then a relatively short front yard leading to the front door to go in. And we noticed when we pulled up that there was a fair bit of construction debris in the, in the, in the yard, mm -hmm. the, the front yard kind of had a, a swale. It went from the sidewalk, which was higher. It dropped down a couple feet and then came back up. I don't know why it did that, but that's how it was. It came up to the, the front yard, came up. So it was a very low hill to the front door. Now this is a big brick, brick building. And the front door was about three feet off the ground. And there were no stairs built. So when we pulled up, we noticed, oh, there's no stairs. 
we'll go down in the because the garage was like on a lower level mm-hmm. behind the building. So it's like fine, we'll just go through the go through the garage and we'll have to carry the you know these things up because the, the the kitchen was on the second floor. Right. So from the garage, we would have had to carry up carry the countertops up two flight, you know, two stories instead of just one. Fun. Well, we pulled down to the garage and they were still pouring the garage. Right. So this is communicating, even though the customer was somebody we were talking to, we were actually contracted with her contractor. Right. Who completely neg- neglected to tell us that because he picked the day to install. Like, hey, we can pick any day. We can install any day this week. When do you want us to install? I want you on a Tuesday. Well, why don't we come in on a Monday before you were pouring the driveway? Because we can't carry countertops over fresh concrete that's still being oh, floated. Oh, come on, Jeff. You're being too difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we scrabbled together a makeshift, like, platform so that we could actually go through the front door. So that was fun. And to make things even more interesting, the Masons were building a brick wall behind the sidewalk to kind of separate the the public sidewalk from the private front yard. Well, they were building the sidewalk, the, this wall across our path. Now there was going to be a gate, right? But they were kind of working in that area. So, there were masons working right where we had to unload and there was no other place to go. Like, that was it. So yeah. that was interesting kind of juggling. Hey, uh, can we get through here? You know, we're carrying this and this is pre GFRC. So these are very heavy. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, they weren't two inches thick, but man, solid, heavy concrete, you know, close to 20 pounds a square foot, pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we get up in there, everything fits beautifully we install it and it took a while to do all this because of all the things going on to get the pieces in and as we are basically the last thing we did was put these tile these these tiles in and to be safe i cast all the pieces oversized and i brought my tile saw to the job site so i could cut everything to fit so Mm -hmm. part of the process was making sure that okay we're fitting these in and it's the height height of the countertop. We wanted to make sure everything was perfect because they were so anal about it, getting everything exactly the way they wanted it. It's like, we can't leave anything for chance. We're just going to make everything a little oversized, trim it to fit. We have nice clean edges and everything fits. So we're, we're, we had thin set all the pieces up to the, to the wall. So we're just treating them like regular tile. And we were get we're in the process of grouting the joints and they come in husband and wife and the builder. And they're like, and this is, this is like seven o'clock at night. So it's been a long day. And they're like, Oh, this looks so good. This looks so good. She hugging us and just everything. A couple days later, we get a phone call and she's screaming. I can't, I can't, I can't live with this. I can't live with this. You got to do something about it. You can't live with this. Once her faucet had been installed and the faucet was centered behind the sink, it was right in line with that fork. Uh-huh. And she's like, because it's the making fork was me centered, dizzy. Which she it's, asked for. It's what you asked for. <laughs> You're like, well, can't you just cover it up with something? 
like what spray paint? No. Well, can you just make new tiles? Sure. Well, when can you have that done? Well, we need to contract for this and, oh no, I'm not paying for that. It's like, well, sure. then you're living with what you have. Sure. Well, I'm just going to paint the forks. Okay, cool. Whatever. For you know, it's your, your thing, but that's what you asked for. And mm -hmm. you visually approved it in front mm -hmm. of witnesses. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like that, that miscommunication between the builder when we could go in. I've, I've had other stories where we had to hurry up to install because the, the concrete truck to pave the driveway was on its way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, really? You don't think about that? Um, communication is really, really, really important. And I have another similar kind of situation. You know, they didn't build the deck to get into the kitchen because that's how the only way you could get into the house was. Um, we did a big island. It was 150 something inches long by 52 inches wide. So a little over 12 feet wide by four and a half feet wide, roughly. Waterfall ends on both ends. So it was basically a big white giant island, had a bar breakfast area, like how, how many two pieces open for seating. And on the opposite side, big undermount sink. So this this big piece, again, this is pre-GFRC days. So we're not talking like we'll just yeah, bring so it. So pre-GFRC, would you have done that in two pieces or did you do that sucker in one? Top was in two pieces. Okay. Because each piece was four hundred and fifty pounds. Mm -hmm. So and there were there were only two ways in the house. The front door, this is a very modern house built on a very steep hill. So it literally was on stilts. Part of the house is on stilts. Mm -hmm. To get in the front door, you went over a bridge into the front door. And I don't know how they got away with this, but the bridge wasn't complete. They didn't have railings on it. And it was only like four feet wide. So it's like, there's no way we're carrying anything over that has like a 10 foot drop. And then to get down to the kitchen, because the kitchen was on the lower floor, you had to go down a spiral staircase. So even if it was just straight walk in on a sidewalk, there's no way you're carrying anything down a spiral staircase. That's ridiculous. Um, somehow the builder didn't put two and two together. And it's like, oh, yeah, just come through the front door. Um, no. The other way was to, you know, drive down the yet to be made driveway to get to the. So you had to go down the hill and turn to be parallel to the hill to get to where the deck was going to be built. That You could walk into the kitchen. Well, the framing was up, but there was no decking on. Neglected to tell us that when we came to install, because the when we templated the deck, it hadn't been built yet. And he's like, oh, yeah, the deck's going to be done by the time you're, well, it wasn't done. The framing was done, but there was no decking on it. So we had to go find some scrap plywood to actually have something to walk on. That all got sorted out. So this big island, uh, it was in four pieces. So the, the top was two pieces. And the ends were two end panels. And the way they butted the the which is very common with waterfall ends, the um vertical panel, I use my phone, and the the concrete top top sat on top of the, the end panel as you would normally do it, but the surfaces were flush. There was no physical overhang that you could tuck in and have any adjustment. The the end of the countertop was flush with the face of the panel. So tolerances are very tight on each end. So I had given myself an eighth of an inch per panel as 
adjustment. That was my play over the whole thing. The base cabinets were these really high-end, very expensive gloss lacquer. They were dark gray gloss lacquer <coughs> cabinets with no toe kicks. Hmm. No toe kicks. And the the again, this is a very modern floor. There was no molding anywhere. All the drywall was crisp and tight, clean came clean down to the floor. So there were no baseboards, no molding. There's no molding anywhere. And the floors were solid cherry. Wow. So when we did templating, the cherry floors had been installed, but they were unfinished. And the cabinets had been installed naturally. Mm -hmm. So we templated. And there were some red flags. My, my spidey senses were tingling. <laughs> and I got a sense that the builder, because we were talking to the, we were dealing with the builder, right? The, the homeowners hiring the builder, the builders who we contracted with. So the, the customer is our, is the builder, even though mm -hmm. the homeowner is driving the decisions, we're contracting and only communicating with the builder. Right. And he's got this flaky sense about him where he doesn't quite have his act together in some things, communication again. Mm -hmm. So during templating, under the cabinet, I put some pencil marks on the on the floor, right? Like literally just traced along the floor in some spots that were well going to be hidden. Like you would never ever see it. Um, deep under the toe kicks, right right along the cabinets, and then we left the countertops. We came to install, and this is when the I had implemented the policy of, okay, we bring the templates in because it's easier to bring in a, you know, two pound piece of template than a 450 pound piece of concrete to figure out if anything changed. Because when we, we got in and looked at the cabinets, what used to be a level cabinet now had a noticeable dip in the middle. So again, this is a whole run of cabinets that's 150 something inches long. I'm like, Something's not right. So we got the templates, put the templates on, and we had marks on the under undersides of the templates where the original mm -hmm. edges of the cabinets lined up all the way around. And they weren't lining up anymore. They were about a half an inch off. Too big. Cabinets grew by half an inch. So mm -hmm. now they were not level anymore, and they were a half an inch longer. Mm -hmm. So what does that tell you happened? They uninstalled and reinstalled the cabinets and added they, a filler plate. They uninstalled and reinstalled the cabinets. But added a filler joint of some kind. <clears throat> well, filler strips are one-time use because hmm. they got broken, so they had to make a new one. And hmm. instead of copying what the original one was, they just used a different one. I had a two-inch one. The old one was an inch and a half. What difference does it make? Right? The reason they had to uninstall the cabinets is they forgot to hook up the... HVAC vent that had, you know, they, they had vented under the sink. The sink had a toe kick, but nothing else did. They forgot to hook that up. So the cabinets went in before the HVAC ductwork was done. Red flag number one. Mm -hmm. um, communication issue on their part. So the cabinet people had to come in, disassemble the cabinets, when they put them back, they didn't put them back in the same spot on the floor. That's why my pencil marks didn't line up. 
and they changed some filler strips because I guess I got damaged taking them apart. And now the whole island was too long. Mm-hmm. And so we get in there and we're like, this is what I said to the builder. I said, um, we got an issue. And he said, nope, nothing changed. I said, well, this, this, and this show that it did. You know, <laughs> it's not level anymore. How come that's the case? Right. And that's why, you know, I, have, I take photos of everything. I took photos of the marks on the floor. I took photos of the tops being level. I took photos of all the joints and filler strips in there and a, and a tape measure of the overall length, right? Just to be paranoid because I've been bitten in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how come this is different? Well, I don't know. What are you going to do about it? I said, I'm not going to do anything because these are not my countertops. These are yours. You need to realize you paid for what I just delivered. Mm -hmm. So no matter what, you own a couple thousand pounds of concrete. Now, I can't install this the way the customer wants because this island is now a half an inch too big. And I've only given myself a total of a quarter inch of play because it, I would, you know, if I gave a quarter inch on each end, I would have been okay, but then I would have got complained at, why do you have these joints that are so big? You know, so you're always playing that game and it, and kind of circle back to your mm-hmm. example. You did not put a lot of allowance for gaps because you wanted it to look nice. We want our, we want to be proud of what we do and we want mm-hmm. our jobs to be exceptional. We all yeah, want exactly. to do that super high quality work, which means You don't leave huge, massive gaps everywhere to make it easy on yourself. You keep it tight. And it's kind of a challenge, a point of pride that you can make something that fits just right. You know, you see that video of the the woodworker who makes that handmade drawer and it fits in and it slides and there's an air cushion that's so tight. It's beautiful. That's that's a mark of craftsmanship. And it's a point of pride. And we all want to do that. The problem is nobody else cares. And and that, you know, precision that we want to work, live up to is not shared anywhere else. So what we ended up not doing was in, installing one of the end panels. It's like, look, you can have one end panel. We can shift the countertop a little bit to make it work because it right. would not have messed anything up. But you can't have the other end panel. And they're like, okay, you know, so... I don't know what happened to the other end panel, whether it got turned into a table or put into a dumpster, who knows, but I got paid for it. The customer had most of what they wanted. And, you know, I said, well, we could make this end. we could make a new end panel, mm-hmm. make it a little bit skinnier, but you would notice it, right? Cause now it's going to be almost a half an inch thinner because mm-hmm. we got to shift everything and the risk of it not matching. Cause Another thing that you're going to encounter over time is when you make projects that have multiple pieces, the only way you can ensure all those pieces match exactly is sequential casting. Right. So any variations from batch to batch are going to be spread across that joint. Never, You never do like the left piece is one batch, the right piece is a separate batch. You will have a difference. What you do is you start, and I like to start at the middle of that joint. So where the two pieces butt together 
the concrete on either side of the joint is literally from the same batch of concrete and any differences are spread out within the piece itself. So the far ends show the variation and it doesn't look like, well, you screwed up. Um, I'm like, look, you're not going to be happy. Everything about this house is about precision. There's mm-hmm. no molding. And the purpose of molding is to hide, you know, const- natural construction variations. Right. Well, when you have a house that has no molding, you can't do that. Right. Well, there's more horror stories that had to do with the the floor finishers basically ruining the cherry floors. And when they came into sand, they scratched all the cabinets. Mm-hmm. That was a nightmare. It was a freaking nightmare. And it really came down to that builder not knowing how to handle a job of this precision, you know, sequencing things that be done. The floor should have been finished before the cabinets went in, the ductwork, all that. Checklist, Mm -hmm. checklist, checklist. Well, and and that goes back to what we've been talking about, you know, in your own business, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us, I mean, some of y'all may be builders, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, but, um, you know, we get trapped by this concept of, well, we assume everything's going to be fine because everybody's as professional as we think we are. Mm-hmm. And A, that's not the case. And B, you know, it, like I said earlier, I have very much been trapped by um, not following a set of procedures. Um, and so we've gotten a lot better about that over the years. You know, we are uh, pretty adamant about, um, you know, our contract has to be signed. You know, we've got to be like, you're not even in the calendar until your contract's signed and you got a deposit. It's just not, you're not there. And I'm not going to give you a date until I have it cast. You know, there, there are certain just kind of steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, if there are delays, us or otherwise, 99% of the time, it's like, we're ready for you right now. And then you get there and you're like, mm, you'll be ready we're in two not. months. Uh, you know, and so, you know, we could, we, we communicate, like we reach out, Hey, are you ready yet? Hey, what's the status of this? Hey, have you selected a color? Hey, just FYI, you're not going to get your time if you don't do this right now, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's just one of those things that you got to learn to do, unfortunately, because no matter how high end a, a job you do, it all ends up being the same. I've worked in $30 million houses that, this was an issue. I've worked in, you know, builder grade houses where this was an issue. So it it's a human thing. You know, it's it really not is. a it's not a it's just a human thing. Nothing, you know, good, bad, or indifferent about it. It's just something you gotta deal with. And Stuff one of the ways you can deal with it is is being an anal communicator. Mm-hmm. And stick so, to your guns. Like yeah. you, you never wanna be not professional. Like the more professional you are about things you don't want to be a dick about oh you know the contract says this and blah 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 and you want to you want to work with people and be accommodating it's more matter of fact hey this is what we agreed to yeah. this is what's happened you know and and that's another thing communication in writing yeah. so if you're texting Absolutely. save a screenshot if you're emailing if you're calling follow up with an email that talks about what you talked yeah. about because if it is not in writing you cannot verify it later and so you you will get caught with pants down if, you know, if I didn't have that picture from the job site, um, mm-hmm. you know, saying, hey, you, you actually did drywall and here's why I didn't fit. Oh, crap. It would have been my fault because mm-hmm. I can't verify that something changed. If he tells me something didn't change, I have to trust it if I didn't take any pictures. Yeah. So, yeah, CYA. It's uh, 
th- th- those are hard lessons um, to learn. Mm-hmm. And the sooner, it, 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 again, you've heard this, heard me say this a thousand times, and you're going to hear it again and again and again because it's it's probably one of the most important things. It's you know what you know, you know what you don't know, but it's what you don't know that you don't know that will bite you. Yeah, and it's the uh, you know the you don't when you leave a job site after templating you don't know what happens you don't know what's going through the mind of the builder the contractor the designer the homeowner you don't know what's staying the same you don't know what's changing you don't know what their expectations really are versus what they say they are mm-hmm. and you can't just kind of be on autopilot going well i did my part and then you just do your thing the way you want to do it and then show up and then have everything be perfect. Now, that sounds like we need to be the ones who are changing and, you know, being more accommodating. In other words, let people walk all over. Well, there's a level I'm not, of accommodation. I'm not saying but... that at all. What I'm saying is, I always operate under the assumption that what people say is not actually what they mean. Most people, I'm not going to call it lying, but they're going to say things to save face, whether they realize it or not. Most communication is not very clear and forthcoming. Mm -hmm. Um, Take, take, customer who kept changing your project she probably saw all your emails but because she didn't like what she was reading she just didn't respond she did not want to make a decision so she was yeah, putting her it email like yesterday literally said i thought color came at the end I'm like when was that communicated that's not at all how yeah. this works and no. we told you we needed the color didn't didn't want to make a decision. Couldn't make a decision. That's why you hire designers. Have a designer pick for you. You know, if you can't make a decision, have a designer pick for you. Um, to kind of summarize things in terms of dealing with eliminating surprises on a job site, there's always going to be a little bit of a surprise. Um, and nowadays with, you know, phones that you can do video chat and you can take pictures and you can email so easily there's no excuse there's no reason to not have hey let's just do a video walkthrough now you're not going to do that with every job but if there's a big enough job or there's enough a long enough delay or you have this suspicion that something's going on maybe you say hey look mr contractor can i have like five minutes of your time can we just do a video walkthrough let me see the job site before I get there. Because if I have to get in my car to drive three hours or six hours to get there, and I discover that you're not ready and I have to drive home, guess what? You're getting charged for that. Mm-hmm. And that's in the contract, by the way, that I signed. So, you know, templates. When you template, take photos. Your templates are part of the contract, whether you realize it or not. It's your tool and leverage. It is a record, a physical record of the state of the job site at that moment. 
-hmm. The contract and your communication to job site will not change, cannot change. If it does change, it's not your responsibility if things don't fit. Then when you're, you know, making things, you you do your best job to make things fit the templates as precisely as possible on install before you ever install. You know, you set the date. When you're setting the install date, it's like, okay, we need to verify that the job site, A, nothing's changed since templating. Um, B, we need clear access to park and this, that, and the other thing. And you make all the arrangements. So the stair, you make sure that, hey, the stairs are built. The, you know, there's the path into the job site's clear. All those details that we've mentioned in the past, they're not pouring the driveway, right? If that does come up and like, oh crap, you know, we had this, we had bad weather for a long time and the driveway had to be, we couldn't, we couldn't pour it when we thought we were going to, we had to push it back. No problem. But let me know, we can reschedule and I don't know, give it like two weeks or whatever to let the concrete cure. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. need that long, but whatever. Um, Those kind of things, you know, you can, you can work things around and accommodate things, but to not know and show up and discover it at the last minute. Now, now that's where things come to a sharp point. Now Mm -hmm. I've taken all the time to load up my truck or my trailer or whatever. I've got, you know, schedule this time. My my schedule's busy too. You know, when, when you're juggling, I don't know how many jobs you have going on at once. You know, at one point I had like 12 different jobs going on at the same time, you know, Mm -hmm. kitchens, this and bathrooms, that, and what, what all kinds of different things. There's no time in the day to like just, okay, we're going to drive out there and spend three, four hours and discover that, oh, we, we, we have to come back. We don't, we don't have time mm-hmm. for that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So that level of communication of verifying before you do anything is super important. I went to a job site to template. They said they had a signed piece of paper saying they were ready for me to template. And I showed up and all the millwork for the whole house, all inside was stacked on the cabinets. Two two story house, all the millwork. And you know, I'm like, I walked in, I said, I can't template. You're not ready. He says, sure, all you have to do is put it over there. Uh uh-uh. uh. A not my job. B not my millwork. What if I damage this? And who's paying for my time to move, you know, a right. whole hundreds and hundreds of linear feet of of millwork molding and put it over there is going to be in the way for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You're not ready. So I wasn't, that's when I wasn't clear by what, what is ready. And so I then put a clause in my template in the contract and templating checklist that the cabinets will be free of all construction debris, millwork, anything. They are bare and ready for templating. They've been pre-leveled, they're pre-checked, everything. You kind of have to do that babysitting. That's the the, the detail thing. Um, I've said this in class too, is making this kind of concrete is not hard. And there are a lot of people that try to make it seem really easy. Sure, opening a bag of mix, adding some water, and pouring it into a mold, that's easy. But that's not the hard part. The hard part are, are the thousands of details that go into... Is the sink physically going to fit in the cabinets? Is that fireplace surround finished or not finished? Uh, are the stairs ready? 
things that have nothing to do with what you're doing, but everything to do with how you can do your job well, that yeah. impact you. And that's where good education, great experience, and an eye for detail, you really have to have an eye for detail um, to catch all these things. Mm -hmm. Write them down, write them down, make a list. Kind of every time you run, you bang your head against something, you make a list and you go, okay, I'm, I'm going to write it down as part of my procedure. And sure, it gets long. You get this long mm -hmm. checklist, it's a pain mm -hmm. in the butt. It's a freaking pain in the butt to go through a checklist mm -hmm. every time. But you know what? It's worth it. It just gets easier every time when you do that. Easier every time. There's no headaches. And they're still yeah. going to happen. They're still going to happen. Yeah. So I, I think uh, <clears throat> this is probably a good time a good, to end. Yeah, a good spot. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it really was. It's a, it's a, you know, a cover your ass podcast. Um, because so many of us, myself included, forget to do that. And, you know, you get bit occasionally and sometimes it hurts. And, um, you know, we want to, we want to help you avoid those pitfalls. Um, and, and it's, it's one thing, you know, it's kind of funny, uh, good experience, right? Experience is only going to teach you so much, right? It's going to, there's a lot to be said for experience on the job experience is phenomenal, right? Um, sometimes it's the best way to learn. And sometimes people have to learn the hard way. But if we can mitigate some of that pain for you, mm -hmm. that's why we're here. Um, yeah. That's why we feel that education first is key, um, you know, because we do have experience. And so, you know, if, if our experience can mitigate some of the pain for you and the fact that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I still fabricate every day. Um, and so I have these experience. I mean, like we talked about, I had that experience two days ago. And, uh, and so, you know, if my everyday experience, if Jeff's 10 years of experience prior to his 20 years of experience teaching, you know, can help you, then <laughs> that's, that's what we're here for. That's why mm -hmm. we want to do this. So, um, you, we've got a class coming up next week. And like we said earlier, uh, you know, if you want to snag one of the like a couple spots remaining, get on it. Um, and uh, December 4th through 8th, that class is almost full as well. So, um, yeah, excited uh, to have a bunch of people in the studio uh, next week. And, um, yeah, so that, uh, with that said, we probably won't podcast next week. Right. Because um, Jeff will be traveling uh, here, and uh, it's also my wife's birthday on the 8th, so probably not. Um, but look forward to chatting with you all after, uh, after the next class. Um, and, uh, you know, love to see you there. Looking forward to it. All Thanks right, for joining have us. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to the Maker in the Mix podcast. If you liked the content and want to hear more, please like and subscribe. Uh, feel free to follow us on YouTube as well as Instagram, Facebook, and check out the website, www.concretecountertopinstitute.com. And, of course, we'd love to see you at one of our upcoming classes. Tune in next week for more informative content. Thanks.